1: super excited to have Mesa on the podcast today. She is one of my closest friends and also a founder that I deeply admire. So quick introduction. She is the founder and creative genius behind Behave, a better for you candy brand that not only tastes great, but also brings back the joy in indulging in candy. She is a longtime brand builder, holding positions at highly influential brands like Uber, NFL, SoulCycle, and Daily Harvest and also moonlights as a DJ. But most importantly, she is a true force of nature and we're incredibly honored to have her on this podcast. So welcome. Thank you guys. I'm so happy to be
2: here. Thank you for coming on.
1: So the first question that we typically ask on these podcasts is what is your definition of fulfillment and what is your definition of success? And then are they intertwined at all?
3: Yeah. I would say my definition of fulfillment that is coming through so much for me right now too is peace. I think I would have defined it differently in the past. It could have been maybe tied to money or career or you know more superficial things. And now I'm like, all I want is peace. I just want to wake up every day feeling stress free and i want to end my day that way as well and then definition of success again i think i probably previously would have defined it more with external validators and now for me it's just an inner feeling like i think when you are truly successful you yeah feel at peace inside and you know, that's not to say that there aren't external markers that can contribute to you feeling peaceful, but I think it's that inner feeling is the most important part of it because it is going to be different for everyone. But if you feel that calm and that kind of inner knowing that you're on the right path, then you could be, you know, writing poetry like on a park bench, or you could be running a fortune 500 company. But if you're feeling peace, flow, then I think that you're in that flow of success.
1: 100%. I think really shifting your definitions of both terms from an external lens, right? Like money, like fame, like this, that, to like internal things. Because I think for me too, fulfillment is tied to inner peace. It's the sense of like inner knowing that everything's going to be okay, trusting the universe, just waking up calm, nervous system relaxed, no matter what is happening externally. It's like, how do you keep your calm?
2: Yeah. I don't know how (laughs) (laughs) I haven't for a while now. No, I know. No,
1: (laughs) I relate. Some days are better at than others, but again, like seasons of life. Right. But it's, it's not so much, maybe it's not attainable every day, but to have that goal of fulfillment being peace. And having inner peace kind of guides you into making maybe certain choices or certain like decisions in your day-to-day life to make sure that you have that peace. And maybe without peace you can't have fulfillment.
3: Definitely not. But I also think that really bad. (laughs) We're just diving right Right in. in.
0: (laughs) No, and I also think like the more you
3: start tapping into your inner peace and your inner world and your intuition and your gut and all of that, the more you realize like sometimes it can be chaos in my business, in any aspect of life, but I can wake up feeling that inner peace. And that's how you know, like it really comes from inside. And then there are times where to the outside world, everything looks incredible and you're dying inside. Like I've had those times too, I think, especially like on this entrepreneurship journey where I almost like don't want to leave the house because I don't want to go out and run into people and then be like, oh my God, everything must be amazing. Like, you know, because we're getting the flashy PR and our products are on the shelf and they saw us at Urban Outfitters or they saw us at Erewhon. And then I go out and everyone's like these huge smiles on their face and so happy and so excited for me. And I'm like, I am literally a shell of a human being right now. I could cry on the drop of a dime given just all the stress and all the chaos happening internally. I mean, that was really, I would say like the first year or two of the journey. I think I'm like working on finding more balance now, but... That, uh, yeah, the inside and outside are not always matched up.
1: Yeah, and it's exactly what we want to do on this podcast. It's like the people portray this like highlight reel like in the press or on social media and all that. And a lot of like what we talk about in, in this podcast is like pulling back the curtains and being like, it's actually not like that. And then in turn, what it does is for listeners to make them feel like they're not alone and like holding space for them. Because I remember... Starting out as a founder, too. And you you hear all of these stories where people just turn into millionaires, and you know, being a founder is glorified and all of that. And that's what I thought it would be like, but it's completely opposite.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think also like you only see what's the metaphor people always use? It's like the iceberg. And it's like you only typically will see the tip of the iceberg. You don't see all the years that went into getting to the point of being on like the, how I built this podcast. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think also once someone gets through the journey and they reach the point of, you know, the exit or, you know, they sell their business or they IPO or whatever that kind of pinnacle of that journey is for them, you can look back and you can put the pieces together, but it's very hard. I think when you're on the journey to like, articulate what you're going through that maybe is that experience that I was having of like I don't even want to leave the house because I can't even articulate to my friends or my family like what this feels like because it just feels like I'm in the eye of a tornado but then you get to the other side of it and then you can kind of be like you can like write the movie script from you know the point of it all worked out in the end and I think that I mean we talk about this so much Annabelle and I feel like this is why we became such close friends is like being able to like ground yourself in the belief system that it does all work out in the end and that, you know, you can manifest all the things that you want in life, not through magic or a magic spell or a crystal, but through mindset and shifting your mindset and healing your traumas and, you know, moving out of a scarcity mindset into an abundance mindset. When you actually do all that work, it always does work out in the end and I don't know where I was going with this, but basically like, yeah, when then I think you look back and you're like, okay, everything happened for a reason. But when you're going through the shit that's getting you to it all working out, it does not always feel like it's going to work out in the end. Yeah. You need the faith there. So yeah, when did you
1: start totally. realizing that, you know, the universe is happening for you and not to you? Like, when did that oh, shift start happening?
3: For you? Like still happening? I. But when did the
1: like initial the like, initial? Okay.
3: I think when I decided that I I almost got like pushed out of corporate life I would say like I had a lot of really amazing roles worked with incredible people amazing brands was kind of like doing well on that path and like rising the ranks in in that realm and yet I was so unfulfilled and I was so unhappy and I just felt like I was always being met with resistance not even like You know, resistance from other people or from the companies I worked at, like almost this internal resistance of like, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel fun. And again, like to the outside world, people would be like, you have these amazing jobs, you're constantly going to events, flying around the world, like, you know, have these amazing projects. But I almost feel like I got forced out of it onto this like entrepreneurial path. And I think that transition is where I had to find faith that the universe was going to work for me because I've never had so much uncertainty in my life. Like I've always been someone who grew up, you know, very perfectionist, did very well in school, did well in sports, you know, small, like suburban town, like typical suburban town, went to a good college, then did this. Then I got every single job. Like I always kind of had my plan for what next job I wanted before I left the last one. It was this very like mapped out path. So it never felt like things were out of my control. I really held everything very tightly. But then when I almost energetically was like pushed off the cliff, I realized like, okay, now nothing is in my control on the entrepreneurial journey. You know, there's just so much that try as you might, it's just not going to go your way. And you can do all the planning. You can have everything in place that you think you need. And things just don't always go the way you expect them to. So I think in the transition from corporate to entrepreneurship is where I had to learn. I had to start building that trust muscle that there's something, whether it's a higher power, whether it's the universe, whether it's me, you know, something inside of me, but there is something bigger than my kind of superficial mind that is protecting me and that has my back. You know, and that's gonna catch me even if I fall, even no matter what happens, even if everything goes to shit, it will be
2: okay. So it sounds like you're in process right now, too, which I guess we all always are. But you talked about scarcity to abundance. So when you're like shit's hitting the fan, I don't know what's going to happen. That is one of the hardest things to do is to be, because like I can intellectually get these concepts mm. all day, every day. I can also tell people about them. I can, ex- I can yeah. coach people. <laughs> I can give people wisdom, make them feel better and be like, let's yeah. move into abundance. When it comes to myself, when shit's not going well, I'm mm. like, I can, I, it's so difficult. Oh, same. Yeah. what do you have any tips <laughs> tricks I mean you're doing it you're living yeah. it right no but I
3: mean I like as much as I just gave a freaking sermon about abundance <laughs> like I don't know either like I'm like oh everything always works no, out meanwhile I'm like crying for an hour straight to my therapist on Monday being like nothing's gonna work out Yeah. Um. so like want to be very transparent that I don't want to sit here in a glass tower as if like oh, just be in abundance like no it's not that simple but I I'm trying to think if there is something that's been helpful. I mean, like definitely surrounding yourself with positive people to your point. I think we all it's so interesting because like, I don't know if it's a women thing or I don't know what it is, but like we all can do it for our friends and even when we can't do it for ourselves. So I think like for me having friends like Annabelle around or I, I just have so many girlfriends who really like I know have my back on such a deep level and I can go to and like It's not that they'll lie to me or give me delusional feedback or like tell me that, you know, I'm the queen and, you know, nothing can go wrong for me. But Mm -hmm. they do bring that reminder and they bring that energy that not to get like sucked into the despair yeah. And not to drown in the fear. At least they kind of like throw you a life, what like life throw you life a lifeline or a life yeah. raft. So you life can at safer, least yeah. Whatever that, that that <laughs> I have like the picture of the red ring. They yeah. can throw you that. So at least you can like float at the surface, even if you're not ready to swim again yet. Yeah. Um, and so at least you don't drown. And I think that like that has been so key is having like a really solid core group of friends around me. It's not, you know, some of my investors, definitely my COO who I run my business with just always there when I kind of start sinking, like, you know, it feels like that anchor's tied to your foot and you're about to just sink to the bottom of the ocean, having those friends that you can turn to and not self-isolating. Cause I think that can be a tendency that I have for sure is to start, but I said at the top of the podcast, like just start isolating, being like, I don't even want to see anyone or talk to anyone. I just need to like be alone. But I think, yeah, reaching out to that network and, and having that circle is
2: yes, been helpful.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Feeling like belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned a lot
1: about like, and I was like this a lot as a kid, just like having so much like structure in place, like growing up in a small town. I grew up in Montreal. There was no like rich and poor. Everyone was like kind of the same, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then like moving to New York where it was just like chaos and mayhem and everyone's like bending for themselves. And you start to realize like after school that you have no control. Like in, yeah. in school, you could control the test, right? Like if you studied hard, like you'll do well. Yeah. But like in everyday life, like post-school, it's just like you, you can't control anything. And so you went from having so much structure at these jobs, corporate jobs. And also, and I know we we talked about it, if we can speak about this, you were also married yeah. at a yeah. young age. So, and then you went from Having both of those very comfortable things to starting a company, leaving your corporate job and getting a divorce. Yeah. like how did that feel like all at once? because like I have the utmost respect for you for like just doing both of those things that yeah. felt right and authentic to you despite yeah. all the like discomfort and uncertainty that would bring you. Yeah, and
2: to add to that question, I think, you also mentioned like the glory, right? Like things being glorified. So we not only do that with work, yeah. but we do that with partners, right? Like, of course. especially on Instagram, like you see, I mean, I'm not single, but for some reason I always have identified as single. Like I just, yeah. just like, I like, <laughs> I don't know. And that is something, right? Especially as a yeah. woman, being married by a certain age, finding your partner by a certain age, being in a certain place yeah. financially in your career. Like these are things that we glorify and we put ourselves on timeline. Society puts us on a timeline our biological clock puts us on a timeline. And it does seem like, you know, even though you came from the super structured mindset, perfectionist mindset, that's bold. Getting divorced when most people would be like, what are you doing? Or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how old you are. We can get into that. But being like, "Uh, you have a biological clock. These are bold things. So I guess to add on to Annabelle's like, not only do I applaud you, but hearing about how you take that stride and be like, I actually need to walk away from this. The power of quitting, right? Yeah.
1: From business and relationship, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I kind of
3: like, maybe used these words earlier, but I do really feel like the universe just pushed me off a cliff, like Mm -hmm. right at, and it's funny, I'm not... I don't know too much about astrology, so don't quiz me on it, but my therapist (laughs) is actually very into it. And it was right in time with my Saturn return, Mm. which I guess is like a big, you know, transitional moment for a lot of people where you typically go through a lot of change and right aligned with my start of my Saturn return. I left my eight year long relationship and then marriage and um, quit my corporate life to start the business. And I think, again, like it, it almost like felt like this pressure cooker where I just felt like there was. I couldn't like continue in my old life. That's not to say I had to quit my job or I had to leave my relationship, but like something definitely needed to change. And then ultimately I think, yes, there is a lot of pressure. I think the thing that I really am glad I did is I didn't involve anyone in my decision with the divorce. And I was very careful with who I involved in my decision about um, the business. Like, you know, so much appreciation for my parents, but they are immigrants. You know, they came here to this country from the developing world, from Tunisia and North Africa. Um, And I, you know, even the few times I mentioned wanting to start a business, just all the fear and anxiety that they immediately brought to the table. I just knew that I couldn't involve them in that decision because it was only going to agitate my own fears and anxieties, which were also there and also strong. So again, like, who are you involving in these decisions? As far as my relationship goes, I was only really talking about, you know, this transition point and, you know, potentially that the relationship may end with my sister and with my one closest friend. And it's so interesting because I, in so many other areas of my life, I find myself really looking outside of myself for answers and for validation. Like even with dating, like since I've been dating the last couple of years, I do it less now, but when I was newly dating, I was always like, you know, texting friends, like, what should I say? What should I do? Send them the screenshots of the text. Like, what should I wear? And it's so funny because I feel like in every like big decision where I really feel like I made the right decision for myself, I actually got really quiet. I actually quieted all the outside noise and I actually found a way to like really tap into my intuition. And it's something that's really hard to do. And I, it's something that I think we have to relearn, right. As children and as infants, we are like full intuition and full gut. And all we do is operate off of our inner knowing. And then all of it is, you know, we get all this like programming placed on us. And then we get to the point where most people I I would say, I would argue have no connection to their intuition. I certainly feel like in, in some ways when I kind of started you know, the reflection and the healing journey and therapy and all of that, that I was just like operating on autopilot. And then, you know, you start tuning back into and you realize like your intuition always knows and always has the answer. So yeah, I mean, it was like a massive point of transition, not to mention it coincided with the pandemic. So like the world outside was changing, my inner world was changing, my life was changing, but it is so interesting. I do feel like in a way there was this like, force bigger than myself that pushed me off this cliff because exactly what you said, like I mentioned, you know, having this like very laid out path from a very young age between school and sports and career. And then on the relationship side too, like I was in this relationship and basically like, I feel like my life was so packaged up with a bow on top. And so because of that I was able to avoid so much inner work because I had the great guy. I had the great relationship. We got married. We had a great wedding. I had I had a great job. He had a great job. We went to good schools. Then he went to the top business school in the country. Like we were so able to just exist at the surface level that I never had to really dig deeper emotionally. And we got together when we were, I think I was 19 or 20 when we got together. And it was so interesting because when I got divorced and like came back into the dating world and just was living alone again and like becoming kind of a individual person again, I realized that emotionally on so many levels, I felt like I was still 19. Like I felt like just in dating again, I was like the smallest things could like trigger me and make me so hurt. And I would take things so personally because I just realized like I got in this relationship and then I just think there were so many aspects of myself I didn't have to grow because I had this partner and like and we had a great relationship despite we broke up for kind of maybe more foundational like lifestyle things. But we he loved me. I loved him like we had this great life together. And so. There was a lot of reflecting,
2: I think, and self-awareness that we were able to avoid by just having each right, other. Right, you bypassed. Some yeah, things. exactly. That's a really good point. You guys met in college? hmm And yeah. then you guys were together for how long?
3: For eight years.
2: Including the time you were married?
3: Yeah, we were married for like a, a year, essentially. When you made that
2: decision, I assume it was scary,
3: to get divorced. Yeah,
2: were you like I'm super scared? Like, what was kind of your mindset then? Were you scared, or were you like, "This is going to empower me"? Yeah, do you have shame about it?
1: And you were also very yeah. open about it, like you yeah. shared it on social media. Yeah. So, like, what Which was is going so through cool. your head
3: then? It's so interesting because, again, I feel like when it came to that relationship and the end of that relationship, I really, like I said, I really quieted the outside noise. I got really internal. Like we basically the last few months of our relationship, we went on a break. And then during that break, I basically was just like talking to my therapist, building my like I I had started building my business at that point was just like building my business and then talking with my sister and my best friend. I was, you know, just really turned inward. And I think by doing that, when we ended the break and we came back together and we wanted to see if we could work things out, but we realized that we just had these fundamental differences that we're not going to change that, you know, we just were misaligned on. I just felt really at peace actually. Like I felt very like, of course it was hard and it hurt and there was heartbreak and there was fear for sure of like, you know, I'm in my late twenties. I've never been single before I got with this person. When I was 19, I never dated before him. Like I was just in college. I didn't date in high school, really. You know, what does this mean? What is dating going to be like? You know, what are a little bit of what are people going to think? But honestly, not that much. And again, I think it just comes back to like when you can turn more inwards and quiet the outside voices, you actually find that peace that we were talking about. I think it's a lot of when you're trying to exist, when you're trying to like look at your life from outside in, that you get all the anxiety and all the like, well, what what are my parents going to think? What's my family? What's that one uncle like back in, you know, the homeland in North Africa going to, th- you know, and it's like
0: <laughs> when you actually
3: are turned inwards, none of those voices come in. And it's so interesting. I was having a conversation with someone recently about this because you mentioned like, you know, was there shame around it? I feel like, it's been really interesting because I actually never felt ashamed of getting divorced. I actually felt really proud of me and my ex. I felt like we handled it really well. I felt like we handled the whole situation with as much love as we possibly could. And we did what was right for us. And I was, and I, I still, I will always feel proud of us for like how we handled it and the decision that we made. So I never really felt ashamed, but it's been so interesting because you can feel other people's shame sometimes. I can sometimes feel when I'll bring it up or talk about it. I'm very open about it. I don't have, again, I don't feel any type of way. I just feel like it was something that happened in my life and I can feel when I'm talking openly about it. I, I've even had, I had a friend one time tell me, he was like, I hate when you use the word ex-husband. Like, can you just say it's your ex? Whoa. You know? And I, and then, and then I was like, tell me more about that. Like, why <laughs> does it bother you? And he, and then we started talking about it and he had a really traumatic, um, his parents got divorced and it was really traumatic oh. for him. And it's like, Everyone has their own experiences about it, you know, so I but I feel very grateful that I've never internalized, I think, much of that. And that I think that really came from just being really in tune with myself when we made the decision. I've always felt like it was the right decision for me. And then I will also say I really recommend doing mushrooms. Yeah. Can I say that? I did mushrooms after like a few weeks after. Like I said, I always felt like I we had made the right decision for us. And then I did a mushroom trip and I feel like like a journey, a journey well, I'm and I'm doing I,
2: one next month.
3: Yes. And I, <laughs> it was my first time we'll doing them. I was a little afraid. I was like two weeks out of this decision to get divorced. I was like, what if something really scary comes? I'd never done them before. Mm-hmm. And then I did this trip and I feel like mushrooms bring your deepest truth to the surface And I took them and I felt so at peace. And all I felt was like, even like, you know, even there were the voices in my head and the frustration and the, you know, I I felt good about our decision. But of course, you're like, why did he do this? Or why did I do that? Or should we have done this differently? And then when I took the shrooms, the only thing that came up for me was like all the love we had had and I felt so at peace and I felt so aligned in the decision. And I have just feel like I've never looked back. I feel like that experience just like solidified what I knew deep down that it was the right decision. I'm a big proponent of shrooms after a breakup. I think if you really feel like it was the right decision for you, it can just like solidify that knowing. Um, Or pre help get you there. Yeah. Get you there too, for sure. Were you always
1: in touch with your knowing?
3: No, I wouldn't even say that I am now. like I said, it was kind of it's so interesting that I like it wasn't even it' so intentional that I was like I kind of cocooned during that time and like really blocked out the outside world. It was something almost guided me to do that and I can now look back and be like, oh wow, I really blocked out the outside noise. I really was able to like stay in tune with myself and something Inside of me obviously led me to doing that, but it's not like I've been someone who's like, okay, I'm going to drown out the outside world. I'm going to get in tune with myself. I've never been like that. Like I said, I feel like up until the point of starting my business and getting my divorce, I just feel like I was on an emotional autopilot. I just like did whatever came about like woke up every day went through the, like it's so funny i actually have like very little i have very bad memory my memory's getting a little better i think cuz i'm getting better at processing my emotions but my therapist you know says not to be that therapist girl but um you <laughs> know my what well, my, ther- <laughs> yeah. well, my therapist has reflected to me is like i think because i always have been like a pretty high anxiety from childhood, you know, probably operating in some kind of like fight or flight nervous system state for a lot of my childhood. And, you know, kind of dragged that through into adulthood as well. I was never processing my emotions. And that has led me to have like almost no childhood memories. I went to a wedding like and not just when I say childhood, I mean, like from 26 and early. I went to a wedding recently for a friend from college I could barely, like there were people coming up to me being like telling me stories of things we had done and these things. I I could barely remember anything. That's and I so think it's, because, again, it's like that autopilot. Like I I'm am, not like processing. You operate like that a happening. robot.
2: Yeah. I'm actually similar. I yeah. realized yesterday to make you feel better. I, we see this coach and I quote her all the time, but yeah. I see this coach and she pointed out the same thing yesterday. She was like, you have blocked a lot of your childhood out. And that's, yeah crazy. Cause it's yes. like, you just almost are in your head. You're not in your body. Yes. You're not, you're not present to the memory, to the moment. Yeah. Totally, but you know, totally. at the same
1: time, cause I think for me, not in like childhoods as much, but like my first five years of New York mm-hmm. or maybe like, like three years, um, I feel like I was just a robot. I would walk the same way to work every single day. I would go to the same gym class. I would wake up at the same time. I would go to the restaurants and, and the same type of stuff all the time. And from the outside, it looked like I had a great life, right? And, yeah. And But from the inside, it was like, I'm doing the same old stuff every single day. So yeah. when I finally quit my job and started Breeze, I feel like I truly came alive. And I think, Mesa, you did too. Yeah. And you stop doing the same things all the time. And then you start remembering all of these things because right. everything is such a new experience versus
3: before it yeah. was like mundane. A hundred percent. And not only a new experience in terms of that, you're doing something different and your day looks different, but I think it's a new emotional experience, right? It's like, I think for so long, I just almost operated with no emotion. Like I just suppressed the only emotion I knew was kind of existence, you know, just like the status quo. There were like little peaks of like, you know, partying or hang out with friends or whatever and then there were these little dips of like oh that was a stressful day at work but you're kind of just like riding this train to nowhere the image keeps popping in my head of like you get pushed off this cliff and you have no choice but to start facing you know everything that so what was been...
1: that impetus when it came to work so we talked about like relationship but like what yeah pushed you off the cliff
3: i got to my most recent Position before starting behave and I just felt really really empty and I felt really lost And it's so interesting because I actually in so many ways loved that job. I loved the people I was working with. I was working alongside a lot of really incredible like badass women, um, had some really great like mentors and people to look up to in the company. I was brought in to build out this really interesting new department at the company. I was leading this business development team. We were doing, you know, live events with Sierra and these live music events and partnerships with, you know, the biggest brands in the country. And, but I just like felt so empty inside. And I think that is what ultimately made me feel like and making the most money I've ever made just to add that on top. And I think feeling like if I can't be happy here, then I need to almost like pattern interrupt, you know, because I'd kind of reached like what felt like at least for my age, the pinnacle of, That corporate life that I and that corporate ladder that I was kind of climbing. So if I couldn't be happy here, then clearly a bigger, more drastic change needs to happen. And at the same time, I think I'd had this idea for behave. I'd had this i basically, you know, very typical like story of how you start a business. I had had this, like I was looking for healthier foods in general, healthier snacks, trying to eat healthier. And I'd had this realization that there was nothing healthier available in the candy space. So then I had this idea in the back of my head and I kind of actually sat on it for almost maybe like two years, but it just was always itching at me. And I think as that voice was growing And then my sort of apathy towards my corporate career was just becoming so much more apparent. You know, it becomes the perfect storm of like, all right, there's a change coming, you know.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
3: So when did you know it was time? I mean, you, I I don't know how many times I've said this to you, but it was <laughs> literally when you the day that you and I met, um, I was so in between. I was so back and forth. I couldn't decide, like, what's the right point to take the leap? Basically, I had been working with a chef developing the candy product on the side from my full time job. Um, we were spending nights and weekends, like literally testing out recipes, testing out flavors but I didn't know when was the right time to jump. I knew I was going to raise money from investors as soon as like, I wanted to raise money investors basically in tandem with leaving my job, but I didn't know, like could I raise money while I was still at my job? But you know, I I think that's tricky. I think investors really want to see that you're fully committed, but then financially I was like, can I stand to leave my job? And then what if the investment doesn't come quickly? Like how long is it going to take? How long can I sustain myself financially financially? um, without income while I try to fundraise and get this business off the ground. Annabelle is one of those people where a million people were telling me, do you know Annabelle from Breeze? Do you know Annabelle from Breeze? And I think because our businesses weren't in the same industry, I always knew that we would meet. We had so many friends in common, but it's not like I was like, oh, let me meet her right away. Like I was really trying to network with people who were doing like Packaged food businesses, so I could share knowledge and share learnings with them. But then, and I think we had overlapping schedules. It was summer, and then finally, we like get this coffee on the on the um, calendar, and we got coffee together. And I just remember, like, speaking of being surrounded by those positive people, like you just came with like so much positive energy. You were like, "You will raise this money. It will be great. Like, you have a great idea. You're a great founder. The investment is going to come." Don't worry, you just need to take the leap. I mean, talk about getting pushed off the cliff. Like I feel like you were one of those, you know, things that was like sent to me by the universe to just be like, you just need to do it. And it just like that day we met, it just so resonated with me. And I basically put the plan together to leave over the next like couple of weeks and then put in my notice and went full time.
1: I'm so glad that it had that effect on you. Cause I think for me too, it's about paying it forward because I think there were key people in my life who helped me take that leap too and I think as women if we're not empowering each other not just women but like if we're not all empowering each other um, then literally what's the point like why are we holding other people back just because of our own insecurities yeah
3: absolutely absolutely
2: so it sounds like you have a really good antenna for okay it's time for me to quit right or to leave which we talk a lot about how quitting kind of has a negative stigma but it really it's not like you can quit to get ahead yeah what about staying like Mm. when shit's hard like both romantic relationships friendships business relationships investor like you know staying and not you know persevering do you kind of have a sense of like when it's important to stay even though it might not feel totally easy and flowing yeah
3: Oh, it's so hard because I mean, I I would say like I'm constantly in this, right? Because you want to listen to your intuition, but it's so hard sometimes to tell when something is your intuition versus when it's your anxiety. So how do you know? Like (laughs) sometimes, sometimes you're like, my intuition is telling me to stay, but then I'm like, or is it just my perfectionism or is it just my people pleasing or, you know, so what is really, but- Ultimately, I like, again, I think when I think back to when it was time for me to leave my job, I could not stay there anymore. I literally could not have worked another day in that corporate life. Like I was so done. I was so burned out. I was so emotionally drained. Same with the relationship, you know, like I think we just had like reached the end of the road. We tried to do this break. We tried to come back together, see if we could reconcile some of those differences And I think we would both say like within a week of coming out of the break, we both were just like, it's just not there, you know? Mm -hmm. So like when you know that it's time to move on, you just know, like you feel like you can't even go one more day. And I think that you can trust that and that can kind of guide you to when you should stay. Because like, look, running the business, especially in this market is really hard. You know, have I looked in the past year since the market turned, have I thought, Wouldn't it be great to just go back to corporate life and have a big paycheck and, you know, have the prestige of the job and not be struggling day in and day out anymore? Of course, I've had that thought, but that has not felt like what I need to do. So I am just like trusting that if that really was right, I would just feel it. I would feel like I can't run this business one more day. You know, and I think as long as I'm not there, I am so committed to what we're doing. And I'm so, I have such a deep belief in the business that we're building that I just feel like all I can do is put one foot in front of the other. And that's all I'm trying to do from now until whatever like the next chapter in the business is. I'm just like, focus on today, put one foot in front of the other, get to the next step if it gets to a point where this isn't right for me anymore, I'll know and I'll, you know, figure out what is next from there. But, you know, I also think, I think a lot about this. I really have this belief that everyone who is successful is in a lot of ways, just a last man standing. And so, you know, I tap into that a lot with my business because, you know, do I wish it was easy? Yeah. Like do I, you know, of course I think that I'm someone where a lot of things in life have come pretty easy, but I'm realizing now it's because I only did things that were below my level of competency. So then of course they were easy. Yeah. So now is kind of the first time I'm trying to do something that is beyond my you. baseline. Like, yeah, what, you know level, how to do. what I know how to do and what I can almost just like, you know, smile my way through yeah. and not in a looks way but in a like you know just energetically just kind of show up smile you know be personable and and get what i want basically this is the first time that this is really hard but it's because i'm being pushed outside of my comfort zone i'm being pushed outside of this kind of status quo of my level of capability maybe And again, I just, so I keep coming back to this last man standing thing. I'm like, this is hard and there's a reason why it's hard and you're learning and you're growing and expanding. And if you can be the last man standing, there's going to be something there, whatever that is. I'm finally like, you know, I used to be like, there's going to be an exit, this big exit, this big acquisition. Now I'm more like, I don't know what it will be, but it will be something. it will be
1: a sign from the universe that exactly. you're doing what's right. Yeah. I think that that brings up a good point, but it's also like understanding that. And sometimes people glorify this um, in society, but staying when things are really hard comes with a lot of sacrifice, like personal especially sacrifice, uh, right? Like money, you know, as founders, you don't really take much money, right? Um, or just like, you know, social life, yeah, or relationship, freedom, being yeah. able to travel just whenever. Like there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with that. So how do you also deal with not only just like the tough days, but the things that you constantly have to sacrifice to keep pushing? Yeah.
3: Honestly, I think I am someone who I just have not thought too much about it, which maybe comes back to like me suppressing my real emotions (laughs) as I say it out loud. I'm like, interesting. It's just a part of this journey. And again, I I think if I can, if I can be in that mindset of I'll know. Like I'll know when it's time to stop. If if the sacrifice becomes too great, something in me is going to tell me, you know what, we've done our best and it's time to just pivot or do something else. So I don't need to sit every day and ruminate on I had to sacrifice this I had to sacrifice that like because that I don't think is helpful I feel like as long as right now as of today and it you know can change day <laughs> by day but today I feel convicted in continuing then my focus like I said just needs to be on okay in order to continue what does that look like what does putting one foot in front of the next mean for me today. today yes, there's financial sacrifice. Yeah. Like, you know, I was telling you, like, there's times when I've not been paying myself. When you do pay yourself, you're paying yourself very little. Like, you know, you take on personal debt as a founder. At least I have. And, you know, all of this is very new and very stressful. But, you know, sacrificing relationships like I've, you know, I got divorced as I was starting this business. I haven't really been able to date since starting the business. But again, For me, it's just like, this is the chapter and the season that I'm in in life. And this is what's right for me right now. And when it's not right anymore, I'll kind of know. And I also want to say, like, I think you're so you made such a good point, Annabelle, of the glorification of like grinding your teeth to the bone to make it. And when like I I made the last man standing comment and I want to kind of caveat it because there is such a toxic culture around you have to continue at all costs. And I just want to be very clear that that's absolutely not something that I would ever advocate or subscribe to. I think what I feel is when the cost becomes too great, you'll know. And if you are tuning into your intuition, you are listening to yourself, then you should listen to it when it tells you this is enough. You know, I completely agree with that. I
1: think for so long, I had a lot of like noise um, surrounding that because Breeze, as I've talked about before, you know, didn't always serve me after COVID. Like, I think there was a lot of like burnout that happened during COVID while everyone was like quarantined. I was in the airport trying to make things work. And just working so hard that it took so much out of me. And energetically before this baby comes in, which is in like a month, I really wanted to find it a better home. I don't know if I told you, but we sold it two weeks ago. Did I tell you? no. Okay. Well, that's again, it's from a place of like, it was time. And I know strongly in my intuition, it was time to let it go, to find it another home and to let it kind of like, Take a new, on new hands and wings, and also to release myself energetically from that. Because I, I sometimes believe that we have things that we keep in our life because we're so scared to let go of them. But then yeah. it's holding us back for something so much bigger that's trying to come in, but it can't yeah. come in because I'm holding on so long. Yes. So for me, and I'm sure you have thoughts about this, it was an identity thing. It's like so often I'd walk into a room, it's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm the founder of Breeze, and like, yeah. who am I without that? And the second I started to accept that my identity is so much more than the founder breeds. And that's just something I do or did. Yeah. There's so much more to me. Then I was finally able to release. And then the buyer kind of came in like organically, right? Like it just kind yeah. of like all happened and yeah. shifted. So I think it's an identity thing too. We're so tied to like what we do every day. Yeah. And tied
2: to the glory of it. Speaking of like glorifying being a founder. Yeah. I think people... I definitely in my life have attached myself to things that it's like I guess there is a level of perception, right? So your self-perception and just being okay with sometimes what is glorified on the outside, I think that's something Annabelle and I both really resonated with, which is why we started this podcast, is we were chasing society's glory. Yeah. And I was like, Well, I got all these things and I don't I'm not exactly happy inside. So and you said this, I think before we started recording, but about how you felt much more fulfilled and happy and energetic when you were making much less money starting yeah. your own business yeah, versus Definitely. being at these, you know, yeah. very esteemed companies and marquee brands. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. And what's the point of being the founder of Breeze if you're miserable? What's like, I point? think that's something that that has been a learning for sure of like, you know, for me, what's the point of being the head of whatever at some big name brand if I'm miserable or, you know, so I think, I think that's been a big part of like this journey and like this, yeah, maybe the re- part of the reason why I got pushed off this cliff into entrepreneurship and, you know, being single again and, and all of these things kind of happening at once is learning to draw my sense of self from within myself. Because, you know, even even when I started the business again, it's like, sure, it was this leap from corporate into entrepreneurship. But yeah, then I was founder of behave. So, you know, it's still a crutch. It's still a validation. It still has this esteem and this, um, you know, people associate it with whatever they associate it with. And then even, you know, as I've been running the business, like there's good days and there's bad days, there's good quarters and there's bad quarters. So Mm -hmm. there's good years and there's bad years. So how do I get to the point where it actually, my self-worth is not tied to if the business is having a good month or not, or, you know, my self-worth isn't tied to, yeah, anything really outside of myself. It's just that it's like going all the way back to the beginning of the You know, our our conversation is like, my self worth should just be tied to like, I woke up and I felt at peace today, and I go to sleep and I felt at peace, and I felt that I did things that were aligned with my values. I felt that I acted in my character. I felt that I, you know, made choices that help people, are generous, are loving. Like, I don't know, I could be anything, I could be unemployed. If that's there, then. That's what definitely matters more than anything else.
1: That's so beautiful. It really is. Yeah, I think you wrapped it up quite nicely by tying it in um, the the peace component. So we typically end every podcast with what's the point? Oh, my gosh.
2: (laughs) Could be just for today. Like if I had the answer to what's the
3: point.
1: But it's also like as you were saying before, for today. Yeah, right. Like yeah, totally, instead of trying totally. to predict into the future and to no, absolutely. baby step. So for today, what's yeah. the
3: point? What's the point? I think the point is getting to know yourself because I think from that place, everything else comes, you know and this has been my journey. So, you know, like I said, 27, beginning of the Saturn return, getting divorced, starting the company. Like, I just feel like I didn't, you know, not processing my emotions. Like, I just feel like I didn't really know myself. I think I'm now on this kind of whatever you want to call it, healing journey, spiritual journey of just learning myself, getting to know my inner child, calming her down, you know, like I'm doing all those things. And I do feel like what we always talk about, Annabelle, and like what came up earlier too of like things do work out in the end. I think I'm a little bit still in the fog right now on the personal level, on a career level. I do think that there's, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure. I think I'm just, I'm still in the depths of it in a lot of ways, but I think that as long as I'm waking up every day, doing the work to get to know myself better, to heal my traumas, to understand myself, then That's how you end up with that peace every day when you wake up and every day when you go to bed. But I think first you have to learn yourself. And I think the reality is in our society, especially as women, you know, especially for people of color, like there's so many layers on top of it. But we really there's so much put on us from childhood where we're almost taught to not know ourselves. Right. There's a lot of advantages to the powers that be if we as humans don't know our inner self. So starting that journey, I, now I'm rambling, but like, I think that's the point. Start the journey, when, however old you are, wherever you are in life. Like, it's never too late. It's never too early. Start to get to know yourself because ultimately that's how you will find that peace. That's how, and when you're in the peace, when you're in the inner knowing, that's when you start manifesting. You manifest everything, you know. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank for you. Thank you guys.
1: So nice.